Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, March 10th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that honestly, I have to give it to Scott Lawton because he totally called out Lazar in the post-game interview, basically saying that was a completely dirty play and I don't know what he was doing out there. And I, I love that. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Yeah. To keep track of Scott Lawton's antics and all that other good stuff, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can also get all the latest episode information. And for our mailbag, you can tweet us or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. And today we're going to talk about last night's game versus the Sabres. I don't know if we want to, but we're going to because I, <laughs> I do think there's some stuff we can learn from it. And then at the end, we'll answer some mailbag questions. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right. So, you know, pregame, there really wasn't any like significant news, like other than Raffle was continuing to be out, uh, at least on the flyer side. The big news was that Jack Eichel was going to be out for the Sabres and uh, we don't know exactly what's going on with him yet in terms of how long he might be out, but at least for this game last night, we would not be facing him in the lineup. And that seemed like it would be a good thing, especially because the Flyers needed to recover and the Sabres seem like a good opponent to have when you're trying to recover from two losses in a row. <laughs> so the lines were sort of as expected but with a slight twist, you have our typical top line now with JVR, Coots, and Farabee. Hayes centering Lawton and TK, that uh, greasy mustache line. And then Giroux centering Lindblom and Voracek. But AV went with 11 forwards. So Nolan Patrick and NAK were out there uh, with a rotating extra uh, forward. And then we had 7D with Provy Myers, Sandheim, Braun. Hey, Ghost, but Gus rotating in there a little bit. And, of course, Carter Hart started the game but did not finish the game. So, Danielle, like, what's going on here? I think, obviously, there were some very key defensive struggles in the early part of the game that continued into the second period, for sure. Tightened up a little bit in the third, but not enough. Yeah, I would completely agree with you on that. And... I mean, this isn't the first time we've talked about defensive struggles. It just seems like this is a running theme for the Flyers, and for whatever reason, they just can't seem to get out of their own way in this instance. Yeah. It, ugh, what, it was just a struggle the entire game. And, you know, I think both teams were having really bad defensive struggles. The, the neutral zone was just kind of a free-for-all, I thought, all game you know, on both sides of it, but man, the Flyers just need to figure out how to have a solid defensive structure that where they know where to be and how to communicate with each other. It's just very clear that that is not happening. Yeah, it's really not. And 
The thing about that is that, like you said, both teams defensively didn't play great, but the Sabres kind of have an excuse because they're the Sabres. So it was just disheartening to see the Flyers look this defensively just confused against the Sabres, a team that you would think they would be able to find their structure just because the Sabres don't have any structure themselves. Um, But I also don't think the lines helped. I mean, having seven defensemen, um, not being able to rotate those four lines like A.V. seems like he wants to do. Like, I don't know if specifically that added to the defensive breakdowns, but I don't think it helped in any way. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when Sam Reinhardt scores two goals (laughs) early in the game, you know you're in trouble. Well, I will say Sam Reinhardt is a pretty good player, but he doesn't score that much. So, yeah, you're right. We were (laughs) were (laughs) in a bad position. I think the kind of elephant in the room in this game is Carter Hart getting pulled after the first period, you know, letting in three goals. You know, that high glove side is a real problem yeah and I I don't know what's going on there because it's very clear that's the problem so that's what he should be working on and he seems like a solid practice guy that learns so I I don't know what's going on here but he seems to have like really good stretches but when he's not in those good stretches it's really bad Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely agree with you I mean Just the fact that, you know, people have tape on heart now. And so they can pinpoint his weaknesses. And now it's just him needing to get over that and to get better. And so he'll have a couple of games like this. That's what I'm hoping. That seems like the reasonable explanation. But it wasn't pretty last night. No. Do you take heart out if you're AV? Yeah. I thought that was the right call. Yeah. I mean... You know, we're looking at this the next day after it's all said and done. But I do think that pulling him, putting Ed Elliott in was able to not really, I guess, like, I hate to say it, but like stabilize the the skaters and, and be able to start that comeback, even though Elliott didn't, wasn't completely <laughs> solid himself. He let in a, a goal that I definitely think he would want back. Yeah, I mean, you want to say, oh, great, he only let one in, but it wasn't a great one. No, no, not at all. Um, Yeah, but, you know, he he did real well in the shootout. I got to give him that. Yeah, absolutely. When he needed to come up big, he did, to be able to give the Flyers that chance to tie it up, to push it to overtime, and then uh, in the shootout. So let's talk about the power play a little bit. Do we have to? You know, obviously... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think we do, <laughs> partially because it, it was so weird to me because I felt like it looked like a little bit more of a mess than it has recently, and yet they scored a power play goal with that ghost bomb Yeah, and almost a power play goal with G getting that goal earlier in the game just after the power play expired, so it was like as a result of the power play, and it was just so flabbergasting to me that I just felt like their setup was kind of weak, like they're passing. They they just weren't showing anything that was a surprise that would be able to allow them to, you know, cut in and actually produce. And yet they did. So what does that tell us about the power play? You know, I think it's the power play is kind of continuing on how it has been recently. It has scored in certain games, and 
and it has, like I said, it's produced, but I don't think it's at a point where I'm comfortable with the power play. I think that we still have a ways to go, but I do think, I mean, obviously, like you said, that ghost bomb from last night, it's trending in the right direction. Was there any other kind of overall takeaway that you have from the game? Yeah, the Flyers, they're getting shots, but so many of them are miss. Like they're, they're missing a lot of shots again. And I know the Sabres blocked a ton of shots, but I just think, I don't know what's going on with the accuracy for the team, but they need to get a ton more on net. Even if they're blocked, just put them on net because there's just so many that I see that would just missed. And it's not like a intentional miss, you know? I absolutely agree that, you know, they looked pretty dominant for big stretches of the game and it just like wasn't getting to the net. Mm-hmm. Danielle, you know that we have been talking about Built Bar for a long time now. And, you know, every time we talk about it, I just get hungry because they're <laughs> so good. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They've been that way for a while now. And they're so incredible because not only do they taste good, but they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and their chocolate is 100% chocolate on all the bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. I know it's cruel. They're making us choose, but it is Built Bar madness time. And today's matchup is German chocolate versus salted caramel. Ooh, I'm going to go with salted caramel only because I haven't had German chocolate, but it sounds delicious because I'm definitely a chocolate person. But I'm going to go with salted caramel because I've had it. I know it tastes amazing. So I'm going to go with what I know. What about you? Yeah, I'm going with salted caramel, but it's because I am not a chocolate person, (laughs) especially German chocolate flavor is a little rich for me. It is. If I'm going to have chocolate. So I'm going to go straight for that salted caramel. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore bar on Twitter. And remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're covering everything you need to know about the Flyers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. Hosted by Peter Bukowski, it's got all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Danielle. So finishing up the discussion on last night's game versus the Sabres, were there any like high points or standout players for you? I know we're going to talk about Scott Lawton, so definitely want to bring him up. But I thought Travis Sanheim definitely got to his game, especially in the third period. I thought that Sanheim was making a ton of really good plays, and I really liked what he saw. Um, also, Jake Voracek. I know it was because he was getting rough. <laughs> he was getting emotional because the refs were definitely messing with him. But I thought those two players stood out in a really good way for me. And of course, that top line, I think those are positives. Yeah, I I think so, too, especially with Sanheim. Definitely noticed he 
uh, made some really good plays and tried to kickstart some offensive pushes throughout the game, but was able to get back as well. And I really only saw like one mistake from him that stood out all game, and it, it was pretty strong overall. Now, Scott Lawton, man, despite getting flipped on his head, he comes back in the game, and he was just all over the ice. He really was. And what a scare. Like, that literally made my heart stop. That's so scary. Uh, truly flipped on his head. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's okay. I'm hoping he didn't just play the rest of the game. And then we find out today that something's wrong. So fingers crossed. But you're right. He was like a man on a mission. You noticed him every single time he was on the ice. Yeah. And he had such good passing that was smart and deliberate, mm-hmm. I thought, and was just really strong on the forecheck and uh yeah I just think that he you know when they had him do the post-game interview that we talked about at the top of the show he was absolutely the guy to have for that you know they always try and pick someone who stood out in the game and and it was definitely him and that pass to Kevin Hayes for for that goal was Mm -hmm. just extraordinary it really was. I mean, he was the one that stood out to me on his line. I I know that Kevin, he's got the goal. And we talked about Travis Konechny last episode, but it was really Scott Lawton for me that looked the best out there. So moving on to the other two games we have versus the Caps this week, is there anything specific that you think they need to take from this game into those two games? Yeah, hit the net. <laughs> I know they got a couple of um, uh, they got a couple of posts, and last night's game they just need to be able to convert on those. I mean, if you're getting those chances, you want to convert. And the Capitals are not the Sabers. They mo- nine times out of ten, if they have a lead, they're not going to give it up. So um, come out strong. They need to have a better first period and be ready. Yeah, and and I would add to that closing down the lanes through the neutral zone, which was, you know, a problem we talked about in the, in the game versus the Sabres, that it, it's not going to fly against the Caps if they just let them come straight through because they have the speed and the accuracy to be able to take those shots that'll probably go in. So shut them down. All right. Well, there's a couple of interesting news items that came out from the league I thought we should touch on. Now, the first one is related to the draft. There had been some talk that they would potentially move the next draft to January. You know, that a couple of GMs were interested in it, and it was based on getting more time to scout the players since this season has been so messed up. But it seems like it's not going to move, that they're going to keep it in July. Yeah, that. That does seem a little weird. I do get what the owners and like the GMs are saying with needing a little bit more time because there are players or leagues that haven't started up or, you know, you're not able to see a player in person. But I don't know. It seems like the NHL is moving towards trying to get everything back on track. So to move the draft just seems weird to move the draft and then still try to start the season in October and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it'll lead to some of like the mid late rounds being a bit of a free for all and nobody will know what they're getting <laughs> to some degree. I mean, they know these players and the scouts do their jobs really well. But I think that without 
this year of solid data, I think some of those picks like would not be disappointed if somebody doesn't pan out or surprised if somebody in the late rounds is a superstar, you know? Yeah. Hopefully it's the Flyers that pick the superstar. (laughs) And then the bigger news, I would say, is the ESPN broadcast deal that appears imminent. A seven-year deal, including four Stanley Cup finals. I would say potentially they would get the weekend games, not the midweek or Wednesday games, because the NBA has their Wednesday night lineup on ESPN um, and there's still like another broadcast partner to come but NHL back on ESPN very interesting I wonder if uh, if this means we'll be able to watch some games on like Disney Plus (laughs) I'm just wondering where I'll be able to watch the games (laughs) yeah since they do actually own and operate the NHL app I wonder if they'll just kind of rebrand it underneath that Disney Plus umbrella so many questions but this is very you know what I feel like this was a long time coming I felt like ESPN was going to jump back in um, with hockey yeah I think it'll round out their sports coverage and make it I think a little bit more interesting overall because I feel like they've been kind of siloed for a while so Mm -hmm. if you weren't into that the sports that they cover there was just no reason to watch ESPN but now it's I think it'll be a little bit more well-rounded and it'll draw people into their like sports center programming a little bit more so we shall see how this all pans out in terms of next year's schedule so speaking of the NHL schedule there are so many games happening every night especially in this month of March it feels like there's 17 games a night And it's time to decide what bets you're thinking of making before they drop the puck each night. And the perfect place to go for that is our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And there are so many sports to choose from. NBA, college basketball, tennis, golf, soccer, hockey, whatever you want, you can have it. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, which is great because we're winding down on uh, The Bachelor and things are getting really interesting. You can also get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampado of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, who are actually playing pretty well this season, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Danielle, so we're going to close things out today, put that Sabres game behind us, and do a little bit of a mailbag. The first question is, if Chuck or the Flyers make a move, do you think it'll be closer to now or to the trade deadline, which is April 12th? 
So when I first saw this question, I was thinking it would be closer to now, right? But then after I got thinking, I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to the trade deadline just because Chuck definitely doesn't seem like he will make to make moves from a vulnerable position. And what I mean by that is that a lot of people know that the Flyers are looking for a defenseman. And so I don't know if he's the type of person that will overpay for a defenseman that or just to fill that role. Um, I think he's going to take his time. He's going to see maybe now, two weeks from now, which teams thought they were in it and are actually ready to sell. And maybe he can get a deal. A player that really does fit the Flyers system will be able to fill that hole that they need. And hopefully in, in return, he won't give up too much. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I, you know, I don't know whether he'll get fleeced more now or at the trade deadline where there's potentially more competition at the same time for the same players. So I I think he's going to get fleeced no matter what. And the Flyers need the help now. So I would hope he would do it sooner. But I think you're right in terms of what will actually happen. So our next question, we have talked recently in our mailbags about coach firings and who we think is like potentially the next coach to go. We've been wrong twice. I'm not afraid to admit it. And with, uh, you know, the change in the Calgary coaching staff, neither one of us picked. Just trying to take the temperature. How hot is AV's seat right now, temperature-wise? You know, I don't think it's hot at all. Uh, This is the second season. It's a crazy season. Um, So I don't think it's hot at all. I think, you know, when you get up from a seat that someone just sat in, that's where his seat is right now. It's, I mean, he's been, he's sitting in the seat, like we'll see. Um, but I don't think that this season is a season where, where, where AV needs to be concerned. Chuck just doesn't seem like the type of general manager to do that. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. That's a really good metaphor in terms of, <laughs> it's just like a little bit warm. Like somebody just got up from the yeah. seat you sat down on, but then all of a sudden it's just your own body heat and you never knew that somebody was there before. So that's a good way of putting it. I like it. All right, next question. With the ESPN deal that we talked about, I hope they bring back the old NHL theme song. It's one of my favorite sports theme songs or anthems. Do you have a favorite or most recognizable sports theme music? Uh, So I don't know if this counts, but, oh, well, I guess a time when we were able to go to uh games i mean the flyers dj would play the morning news theme song in it's not a sports theme song but i mean it's played at a sporting event so that's the first thing i went to in my mind but if i'm thinking of sports specifically it would have to be like i don't know if it's Well, the original, or not the original, but the old football sports, like, Sunday night song. I know Carrie Underwood uh, did the new one, but I think it was with Shania Twain was the older one. I mean, that's how you can tell. Like, are you ready for some football? Yeah, (laughs) that's how you can tell I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a football fan. But that's the most memorable one in my, that's coming to mind. Yeah, no, I appreciate the action news theme twist (laughs) on the theme. Uh, certainly works out. 
Yeah, I just, man, I love that ESPN NHL theme song. It's perfect because it has like a great beginning and you can either just let it ride or you can like fade it and start your commentary over it and it works either way. (laughs) It does. I had to, I had to Google it because I don't remember it and it is a good, it's a good theme song. All right. Next question. There are some draft lottery proposed changes out there, including teams being limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period, teams only being allowed to jump a maximum of 10 spots with a lottery win, and then a reduction of the number of picks decided by lottery from three to two. Uh, how do you feel about these proposed changes? Do you think it'll, it'll make a difference? And do you think it'll encourage or discourage tanking? You know, I don't really have a problem with any of these changes. I wish it would have happened before Edmonton got McDavid. And I'm happy because this means that no more number one draft picks in the Metro unless it's like to us or Columbus or something like that. So I'm okay with that. That means like the Rangers and the Devils can chill out on their number over uh, first overall picks. And if I think it'll discourage tanking, I don't know. I don't know if teams are like actively tanking, not like the Sabres uh, did for Connor McDavid. Like, I don't know if they're actively doing that. I, I guess some, some might, but the teams that are, I'm not really worried about. So I guess I have no opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's like a boring answer, but <laughs> I don't know. No, I it's not lie. a boring answer. Partially because I think adding these caveats to the lottery, which a draft lottery in its simplest state is just taking the reverse order. And, you know, it's not even a lottery. It's just yeah. like reverse order finishing, right? And then you add the lottery element to try and maybe discourage tanking a little bit so that teams have a certain percentage chance. But now you're adding all these extra layered rules into it. Like it just starts to get confusing. And I think just from a fan base standpoint, it needs to be more straightforward. So I'm not sure I like adding these extra rules in there. I think, you know, sometimes you just got to let the chaos reign. That's very fair. Yeah, I I completely get that. All right. So wrapping things up with our Flyers fun thing, a little bit of a plot twist on this one. Our old friend, Elliot Denoyer, prospect extraordinaire, had been having a little bit of a cold streak in his uh, scoring for a little bit for the Halifax Mooseheads, but has been on one lately, got a goal in his third straight game last night, and it was a beauty, and it's the exact kind of goal I would like from the Flyers, where you come in skating strong with the puck, you take the shot yourself, and it goes in the net. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful goal, and I'm so happy that we're talking about Elliot Denoyer again. Yeah. Oh, always a good one to talk about. All right. So thanks for listening to today's show. We will be back again tomorrow with the latest Flyers updates. And, you know, we have those Caps games around the corner. So we'll be talking about that as well. 
As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.